Hello, and welcome to this podcast of Sunday Sermons from Concord United Methodist Church. We hope that you'll find this message to be meaningful, insightful, and a refreshing part of your daily walk with God. Please feel free to share this podcast with family, friends, or anyone else who might benefit from it. This podcast is part of the digital ministries of Concord United, and we are grateful that you have chosen to experience worship and God's Word with us. For more information about Concord United and its ministries, please visit our website at concordunited.org. Did you ever feel like you were in the dark? It was something you should know that you didn't know, maybe something other people knew, and you just felt like you were in the dark? You imagine, imagine a whole town in the dark at least six months out of the year. Let me introduce you to Rukon, Norway. I'm probably not saying it right. It's spelled R-J-U-K-A-N. It's probably pronounced Gatlinburg or something. I don't know. I, but, but, but I'm going to be kind to anybody sitting close by, and I'm not going to say it the way they say it, because uh, those, those Nordic folks, they, they, use, they have sounds that we don't make when they speak, and, and they can be explosive, so I'll, I'll let it go at that. We'll call it Rukon uh, for... Um, uh, for simplicity's sake this morning. But Rukon's this beautiful little town uh, that sits in this little valley between two really tall mountains. And there's a waterfall nearby, and that's why the town started in the first place. It was going to be this, uh, this tourist town. It actually, they started building it in, in 1905. But there's a downside to this picturesque little town that sits between these two really tall mountains. And that is, it's in the dark, or at least it's in the shadows, for six months out of the year. From September through March, there's no sunlight on Rukon, Norway. Uh, and the problem with that is, without sunlight, people change. People, people need Sunlight, And you know that. You may be one of those that, you know, after a series, and heaven knows we've had some practical uh, experience with that lately, uh, several days in a row where it's just dark and dreary, it can affect your mood. Well, there's, there's, a, there's a medical reason for that. In fact, all the way back to 300 B.C., physicians and people practicing the medical arts have been interested in the idea that, that sunlight impacts people just like it clearly impacts uh, things that grow, plants. Uh, and, it, and it impacts people, and they noticed that w- whenever there would be periods of protracted darkness, that people would seem to be depressed, and they wouldn't be as jovial. It, it seemed to impact their moods, and of course, we now call that uh, seasonal affective disorder, or SAD, and a lot of people deal with it to varying degrees. Some people who have, who have chronic depression really struggle with SAD, and other people who really don't maybe struggle with depression that much still can go through these periods where you just feel off or down because you're not getting any sunlight, because we need the sunlight to trigger certain chemical impulses in our bodies. The sunlight that we experience controls our circadian rhythms, and 
and I don't want to get in over my head, but I know that our circadian rhythm uh, determines our sleep patterns, and whenever those get off, like daylight savings time and the switch back and forth to that standard time can do to us, it can impact sleep. And uh, not only does sunlight impact circadian rhythm, but it also impacts various uh, chemical uh, balances in our body, one of which is melatonin. And if we don't have enough melatonin, not only will we not sleep well, but it can affect our mood. And for some people, it can affect it dramatically. So you can imagine in this town, that was a problem from the get-go. So it was built between about 1905 and 1916. Um, And at about 1913, someone in the town had this bright idea, you know what we could do? Maybe we could build a mirror, a giant mirror on top of the mountain and reflect the sunlight down into the valley. And people thought, well, that's just crazy. And it would probably be really expensive if we tried. So they dismissed it. A couple of years later than that, one of the mayors decided maybe we could develop this cable car that would carry 20 or 30 people and we could just pull them up. You can see that at some point you get up the side of the mountain and you get into the sun. We could just pull people up the side of the mountain and they could have some period of time uh, in the sunshine and maybe avoid some of this malaise that seemed to hit the village for six months every year. Um, But none of that came to fruition until 2013. 100 years later, in 2013, they actually did put mirrors at the top of the mountain. And they're on motors. And the motors track the sun as it goes by every day. And they're tilted in a way that reflects the sunlight down into the town square. And in fact, the sun shines down every day on those dark days. And you can see it in the middle of the picture, uh, that, that bright spot. That's the town square. And, and these mirrors actually focus a, a good amount of sunlight down into that area every day. And you can only imagine people's crowd into the square like it was Myrtle Beach on the 4th of July. And they're out there with their sunglasses on and their, and their sunscreen, I guess, hopefully, uh, and they soak it up. And, and so they've been doing that now since 2013, other than having to take long visits away to try to get some sunlight during the winter period from September to March. We need the sunlight, and, and, and you know that, and, and I know that. And, and it's interesting what people can come up with whenever there is a barrier to the sunlight, and they had two very large barriers to the sunlight, but they found a workaround, and they're managing to get the sunlight they need now to all live relatively happily ever after in, uh, in Rukon, Norway. All of life revolves around the sun, both literally as our solar system works, and figuratively, all of life revolves around the sun. Its photosynthesis is what what creates growth in plants and helps them turn the, the, the nutrients that they derive from the soil into energy that allows them to grow. Uh, it's why sunflowers, miraculously to us, God's going, no, nah, that's the way I designed it. Um, t- they turn their heads toward the sun during the day, their little necks turn, and, and other plants do that as well. In fact, I just learned that this was kind of uh, peripheral to my study because I hadn't really decided on this, what I was going to do yet about about talking about Jesus as the light of the world. But I read this early in the week. You know why bananas are curved? 
I didn't know this. You know, they grow straight down theoretically in bunches that hang from trees. They curve because they're trying to get sunlight. They're reacting to the sun the same way that sunflowers and other plants uh, and flowers react to the sunlight. It's, it's, it's the radiant heat of the sun um, that, that keeps this planet from being frozen. It's the gravitational pull that keeps us from flying off into oblivion. Literally all life revolves around the sun. And with the simple swap of one vowel, we can turn a page and wax theological for a moment and answer the question that our sermon series poses, why Jesus? And that is with the change of one vowel, we also can say that all life revolves around the sun. And you know, I love this time of year. I love to sing away in a manger. I love the idea of Jesus in the manger. Uh, and, 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 and in fact, the first time I ever sang in church, I think I was in the first or second grade, and I sang with Kay Wayland. And, and, and I remember standing in First Church Sevierville on Christmas Eve and singing away in a manger. And the song has been special to me ever since. But sometimes we can almost over-sentimentalize who Jesus is. Now, don't get me wrong. I love that song, and I love the idea of the tender babe in Mary's arms. But he's so much more than that. And, and we, need to, we need to be willing to grasp that as we, make, as we try to make the, the transition from the little baby in the manger to this, to this glorious, magnificent son of God who is the light of the world. In fact, Paul wrote this in his letter to the church at Colossae. We call it Colossians. This is one of my favorite passages uh, of Paul's writings, and it's from Colossians 1, you know, starting with verse 15. And Paul, and, and I, didn't, I don't have the, it up on the screen for you to see. I just want you to hear it because this is one of those you just need, you just need to hear this proclaimed as, as Paul might have proclaimed it himself or as others proclaimed claimed it as they read his letters and in the many house churches of the day. The sun is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation. For in him all things were created, things in heaven, things on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities. All things have been created through him and for him. And this is my favorite part. He is before all things and in him all things hold together. He is, at, he is at the center of the universe, holding the planets and the moons and the stars and just at the right distance. And he's in you and me, holding us together also. Whenever we find ourselves in times of darkness, the light of the world, this Jesus, the baby in the manger, who is the cosmic Christ, God Almighty, he holds all things together. Which, which brings us to a critical observation about Rukon, Norway, and you and me. And that is the S-U-N and the S-O-N never stop providing light. In Rukon, Norway, the, 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 the sun was always shining. It's just that there were barriers there that kept it from shining on the people for six months out of the year. And with the S-O-N, it's, it's the same case. The S-O-N is always shining his love into the universe and toward you and me. But sometimes barriers arise 
and can prevent us from receiving that. And that's spoken of in one of the birth narratives that we often do not read at Christmas because this doesn't read like Matthew or Luke. Matthew's birth narrative, which, uh, which uh, really focuses more on Matthew, uh, I'm sorry, Joseph than, uh, than Mary, Matthew, Matthew wrote his gospel particularly toward persons who were Jewish. And he was trying to speak to his Jewish brothers and sisters and help them understand that this Jesus is the Messiah. And his genealogy then, and that begins his birth narrative goes all the way back to Abraham, who is the father of, of the Jewish race and the Jewish people. Uh, Luke's gospel is a little more Gentile oriented. You and me, we're Gentiles, we're non-Jews. And his birth narrative, his genealogy that begins his birth narrative goes all the way back to Adam. So it's, it's for all people. And I love that. And so we're going to hear from John's gospel. Mark doesn't have one at all. And John's isn't a birth narrative in the traditional sense of, of Christmas and, and Matthew and Luke. But it's the beginning. It goes all the way back to the beginning. It's, it references, in fact, Genesis. Genesis says, in the beginning. And this one begins in the beginning as well. But he takes Jesus, the, this baby who was the incarnation of of the second person, the Trinity, the Son, all the way back, all the way back beyond Abraham and all the way back beyond Adam to the beginning, whenever that was. And he says this. I'm going to read from John chapter 1, verses 1 through 5, and then 10 through 14. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made, without him nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. He was in the world, though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision, nor a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of grace and truth." The light shines. The light has been shining. The light has been shining since before there was anything. And the light continues to shine. And, and John establishes that. But John also establishes that there are barriers. But his own did not receive him. I wonder why that is. I wonder what those barriers were. And, and, and I thought about that this week. To those people who John first wrote to, those first century Christians, the first century or anybody, not just the, they weren't Christians then, they were people following Christ, but he was just writing this for all who heard in that era. I wonder, wonder what those barriers might have been. Maybe, 
Maybe one of the barriers was limited expectations. Because you got to remember, to those first people, especially those Jewish folks, their idea, their expectation of the Messiah was was someone who was going to come in great power and great political influence. And this Messiah would come and would run the Romans out of Jerusalem and would restore the Jewish people back to prominence in their land that God had given them. That was their expectation. That was not, however, Jesus' agenda. And because their expectation of what the Messiah would do was limited to that, they, it became a barrier to even giving some idea that this could have been the Messiah. And, and they continued in darkness. They missed the light. And, you know, for some, for some, I, I think it was probably a fact of, you know what, I'm comfortable and if I, start, if I start following this Jesus character like some of, these, some of these other people are, then, you know, some of them have gotten into trouble. And I may get into trouble. I have a good job. My family's comfortable. I'm okay. I'm just, I just play. I just keep my head down. The Romans don't bother me. I don't bother them. And everything's good. And sometimes we can just be so averse to change. And we can go get so comfortable in our situation, even if it isn't the optimal situation that it becomes a barrier to seeing anything better. And, and you know, it's true for me and it's true for you. He never stops being the light of the world. But sometimes we choose the kingdom of me over the kingdom of he. And in that way, we, we keep ourselves in the darkness. And so here's the deal. Living in darkness or light is a choice that we make in each moment. You know, we're, we're saved by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. And that's a one-time thing. And I want to make sure I'm not misunderstood in that, why well, am I saved? If I, make, if, I, if, I, if I go back to the darkness and I, I make a bad decision, am I not saved anymore? No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying that. I'm talking about living in the light. Even, that, even though the light's shining all around us, we can choose. We can still choose darkness. And I had a, I thought about this conversation I had some years ago with a friend of mine that I worked with who was an alcoholic. He was, I think you would consider him a high functioning alcoholic is probably what he would be called, but because he worked and, and he had a, he had a good job and he was fairly responsible. But the second he was off work, he was drinking and he would drink until he passed out. And then he would get up the next morning and go to work and get off work and drink until he passed out. And every single day, that's what he did. And that was creating a problem in his marriage. It was creating a problem with his children. Uh, and, and we talked about it after he, after when I talked to him, uh, he was actually in, uh, had recovered. And he said, you know, and, and this, is the, this was the point of that. He said, there were so many times along the way that I had these glimpses. He, he said, I had a glimpse of Jesus. He became a Christian. And I would say a glimpse of the light. He said, you know, I ha- there were moments when I would be making that decision after work. Do I, do, do I go to the, do I stop at happy hour? Do I stop at the liquor store? Do I have any help? And, and it would, and I would feel a lightning of that compulsion that I had to drink. And it was just for a split second. And I realized that there were so many times that, that I had an opportunity right then to call a recovery center or, or to call a friend of mine that I knew was recovered and he could put me in touch with AA. I had this little, this little glimpse of light, 
but I never chose it because I wanted to just keep drinking until finally one day he had that chance again. He saw a flicker of light in his words where I saw Jesus and I saw just this crack in the door and I went through it. And in that moment, he started his road to recovery. And, and that's not everybody's, and that's not many people, uh, though there are a lot of people that have that same struggle. But for all of us, whether that's our struggle or not, we all have those moments where we choose darkness or light every day. The light's always shining. Jesus is always there. No matter how dark it looks, we have that opportunity to choose the light. And when we choose the light, that's whenever Jesus that's whenever he does the good stuff. You know, because one of the things the light will do is, is it reveals. And that's one of the reasons, I, th- I think that's one of the barriers. We don't want it to reveal. My friend didn't want it to reveal. He was comfortable. Even though it was wrecking his life, he was kind of comfortable in an odd way in his alcoholism. And we get comfortable in other places in our lives. And what the light does then, if we allow it in, is reveal these things that are holding us back from fullness of life. It becomes these barriers that have us trapped. I had another friend a ways back uh, that I remember having a conversation with. He he hadn't been to the dentist in 16 years. Uh, He hadn't gone since he had kind of gone out of college and got out on his own and and living in the world. And he said, you know, I just didn't have time for that. Um, until, of course, he woke up one morning and, and his jaw was all swollen and he could barely speak and something had gone horribly wrong and he had to go to the dentist. And then it was, it was, it was a series of appointments with a dentist to try to undo all that had been done in those 16 years he spent. And he said, you know, it all started when I sat down in that chair and he turned on that light and he said, I was just thinking, oh my gosh, I'm glad I can't see what's in there. And he, and he shined that light in there so that he could see what the problem was. And they were multiple and it was painful. It was very painful, but he was all better. Once he, once the light revealed The light will reveal, and the light then allowed the dentist to restore his health. And whenever we allow ourselves to move past these barriers and we'll just seek Jesus out for just a minute, the light of the world will shine. The light that holds the whole universe together, you'll focus that down into a laser beam into our heart. And sometimes we're not comfortable with what we see. Sometimes when he reveals things to us, we think, you know what, I, that's one Pandora's box I wish I hadn't opened. But then, once we see what's wrong, then, then he can start that healing work. And yes, sometimes it's painful. Sometimes there are things going on in our life that we get comfortable with. And it may be just the way we operate in a relationship. You know, I used to play in a band with a guy. I can't tell you the word he used. But he said, you know, I'm just, a, I'll use jerk. He said, you know, I can't, I'm just, I don't mean, every time he would start a conversation with, and I don't mean to be a jerk, I would say, okay, here we go. Well, I know I'm a jerk. That's just the way I am. And finally, one day I said, well, you know what? Why don't you change? You know, because we're kind of all tired of that. But, but we get comfortable in that. And it can change if we allow Jesus to shine the light. It can reveal and it can restore. And the light of Christ reveals the truth about our life. See, that's the problem and the, and the blessing. It's both. 
The light of Christ reveals the truth of what's going on inside of us, but that points us toward healing, and most importantly, it points us toward hope. That's where it all begins. And, and the thing is, it's not just a one-shot deal. I don't know about you, but I find myself choosing between darkness and light on a regular basis. And it might be in the way I respond to someone. It might be in my actions or inaction towards someone. And I sometimes choose darkness still because you know what? I'm a human being and so are you. But Jesus came into the world to shine a light on that, to reveal that, to reveal those areas where we create darkness and find light and fix that. Because here's, here's the bottom line for this morning. Jesus is the light of the world. We create barriers to that light and sometimes there, are things, sometimes there are things that have happened to us that we can't do anything about, but it doesn't mean there isn't a workaround. There is, and his name is Jesus. And we create those barriers, and once we allow him past the barrier and his light reveals and his light restores, then we get to reflect. As disciples of Jesus Christ, we were born again to live in the light to soak it up, to have all those, those problems, those things that keep us from being fully who we're called to be, to reveal those things, restore us, give us hope, and then reflect that out into the world. And good grief, does the world need a reflection of light? Our world, we, we're, we have so much darkness around us. And, and I don't mean to always harp on social media, but it's an easy target because that's where there's so much darkness. People hide behind the barrier of their avatar or their profile picture, and they just say whatever they want to say to people. And sometimes it's really dark. Now, there's light there too. There are good things in social media as well, but there's a lot of darkness. And what I'm suggesting this morning is it, that, that we can move beyond that. We have a choice in all that. We have a choice in what we say to other people. We have a choice in what we put on our social media feeds. And in that moment, we can choose light over darkness because we have this Savior who is the light of the world. And he wanted so badly to shine his light into your heart and mine. Well, think about this. Think about what he went to. The, the one who, as John said and Paul said, created all things. All things were created through him, which includes what? Trees. And so 2,000 years ago, there were trees in the area around Jerusalem and Bethlehem. And just think that a tree that he created became the manger that he slept in and the cross that he died on. That's how badly he wants to get past those barriers in your life and in mine so that we can reflect his light into the world. That's, that's your hope. That's my hope is that he can overcome those barriers because the darkness has not overcome it. We might block it for a time, but we cannot. There's nothing in our life that can overcome his light if we'll just pull down the barriers 
and let it reveal and restore and bring us hope that we can reflect into a world that so desperately needs it. Amen? Let's pray together. Almighty God, we thank you for the light of the world. We thank you for for the reality of Jesus that we can't even begin to comprehend. And so you gave us someone who looks like us, a baby in a manger, to get us started trying to understand the depth of your love and the depth of your desire to see us live in light instead of darkness. Thank you, Lord, for never giving up on us and continuing to shine your light even when we put up barriers and doing everything you can to overcome the barriers so that we may, in fact, live in that light and reflect it into the world. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you for listening to this sermon from Concord United Methodist Church. This podcast is a ministry of Concord United, and we would love to hear from you. To contact us, please send an email to podcasts at concordunited.org with sermons in the subject line. For more information about Concord United, including worship times, service opportunities, mission efforts, and classes, please visit our website at concordunited.org. We also invite you to download and enjoy our daily devotional podcasts presented by the pastors and members of Concord United. Finally, we would appreciate it if you would leave a rating and a review of this podcast so that others can discover it and benefit from it.